0: Welcome back to the Keegan and Company podcast. For those who are new to the show, my name is Keegan Hipgrave and in this episode I'm joined by one of the greats, former captain of the Brisbane Broncos and current founder and owner of Legacy Through Movement, Jim Alex Glenn. How are you, brother? Hey, Kegs, I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me along. Mate, thanks for coming. The mate, the best thing that I love about you is like you're a busy man, like you've got the, obviously the Legacy gym, you're still doing stuff with the Bronx. And you've still got time to go drop your kids off at school. Like yeah. that's it. We're, we're,
1: we're pushing time a little bit. But bro, how good? Yeah, bro. It's um like I was saying to you before, it's one of those things that we as players we missed out on a lot. Um, you know, being around, being present with our kids. And so I pride myself on taking my kids and picking them up from school. And I'm I'm that dad that's hanging out with all the mums. Yeah. Pick up their kids. <laughs>
0: You're the dad with the singlet yeah, coming in. Yeah, and bro.
1: Up. Yeah. So now was cool. How um
0: how are you finding Work-life balance now because we've had some great sessions in at Legacy lately. We had Connie mm-hmm. Harrell in there the other day. Yeah. Um, we've had a few of the boys in there. How are you finding the balance between Bronx, gym, kids, family, the whole the whole thing?
1: Bro, it's honestly probably the hardest part yeah. it is like trying to manage my time. Because yeah. um, when you're in footy, you get told where to be, what to wear, yeah. you know, what you need to be doing and how long you're doing your sessions for. Yeah. Whereas now I've got to do that all on my own. Yeah. Um, so like the hardest part is obviously managing so many different calendars, cause I got my my um, youth work that I do with the kids at, yeah. with through the Broncos and yeah. our Multicultural Leadership Program. Yeah. Um, so balancing my workload schedule with them and then obviously running my own gym with jeremiah and trying to balance being in there it's 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 hard bro but eh? it's been a learning process that i've really enjoyed and um this is my second year out of the game now so i'm gradually i'd like to think i'm getting better with it yeah um but yeah it's just a constant roller coaster man
0: Mate, that's the thing in footy like i swear a lot of the boys especially when we were in it's like we've got no time like you know we're away from our family so Mm. much especially Bronx they will play mostly Friday yeah. nights so and you got yeah. your weekends. <laughs> we're we're like, but like there were so many times, even talking to guys now, they're like, I've got no time. Yeah. I'm like, mate, imagine when you leave and then you've got to do you've got kids, you've got to work nine to five. Like that was the biggest yeah. thing I, same as you, struggled yep. with coming out. And then you want you still want to train, you mm-hmm. still want to change, still want to be a good dad, you still want to do it. It's fucking tough, yeah.
1: It is tough, bro. It is tough. But um, you know, one of those things. You're exactly right. When we were playing footy, I thought I never had time 100%. to do anything. Yeah. Um, because it was always your purpose was to play footy. Yeah. Your purpose was to perform the best that you you can, and then you're trying to fit in family time in that. But now we've transitioned out of the game and into business and into life um i realized man we had so much time yeah, as players like, bro yeah yeah like we used to complain about literally being overworked and yeah it was like far out yeah we, we were living the life um but the thing that i love now is like i i've got my own business so me punching and as many hours as I can doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And I'm working in a gym. Um again, it's something that I love. Mm. We love exercise. We yeah. still do exercise as much as we can and um it doesn't feel like work, man and uh finding that balance has been a beautiful thing what's
0: um what's training looking like for you now you just jump will you jump in with the boy you obviously jump in with the boys at legacy and the boys are coming through left right and center yeah
1: yeah bro so whenever the boys come through like yourself and connie come through i'll jump in and train with you guys just to try and create a more comfortable environment for the boys Mm. um but generally if i can i'll try and get up with um jeremiah um, my business partner he trains at 3 30 in the morning every morning bro. Like he he is built different in terms of routine and that man. Yeah. And he is in there every day. Really, every so day, he'll, so, so he'll
0: sash before the six a.m. five a.m. five a.m. class yeah, starts. Yeah. So
1: he'll get his workout done before the five a.m. and then get into work with the with the class and all that stuff. Are so you, and you're jumping in sometimes, not all the time, <laughs> Yeah, yeah not all the time. Mate, Oh, yeah. If I've got to go on the road yeah. and I got a big day, then I'll jump in and get my workout done because mm. I like to do it in the morning. Like I don't have yeah. time in the afternoon. I have got three kids that are heavily involved in sports and dancing mm. and all that, so I try and be more present as a as much as I can with the kids. But you also feel better. Like I don't know, for me, like, I feel better after doing a session for the Always. day. Like you
0: get the hardest thing done throughout the day and then you can yeah. not
1: cruise for the rest
0: of the day, but you feel yeah. like you don't have to get it done later on. Yeah? yeah,
1: for sure. So like when we train at five, like I'll mostly train at five in the morning Yeah. Um, with with the class or, or, or on my own. Um, and I feel like my energy throughout the day is much more. hundred percent. Like I have much more compared yeah. to if I slept until seven yeah. or eight. I feel so lethargic. You know yeah. what I mean. So it's one of those things. It's like I have got to try and get my workout in in the morning, yeah. so then I'm more productive throughout the day. I
0: used to um, I used to watch the stories of obviously your story, but also Nathan Pastramo's story, a good friend, good friend yep. of mine. Yep. And it'd be like whoever's not in the gym at three thirty, like oh, where's our bro? Like 100% not here today. That you know? accountability,
1: right? <laughs> accountability. you got to keep each other accountable. You've got to have that banter, and that's why I love that crew, man. Yeah, we got that. It's like that footy team environment. Um, because when we at footy, we just f- constantly throw banter at each other, and that's the exact same thing. We call it the Dornies crew. Yeah. Um, so we're we're up at in, in the crack of dawn, and we just have that banter and um, rivalry between each other to push each other and and keep each other accountable.
0: Is that why? Is that one of the biggest reasons you created Legacy? Is just to have like replicate the footy culture? Cause so many boys struggle coming out of footy. Yeah. yeah. Like they're training by themselves and they
1: miss having the community and getting around. It. Is that probably, I don't want to put words yeah. in
0: your mouth, but is that why? One of the it's a hundred
1: percent. One of the main reasons. The thing why I did that was I always wanted to have my own gym. Yeah. Um, and this is nothing against any other gym and public gym, but I just hate public gyms. bro. Mm. I find there's too much ego in there. Yeah. Um. There's too much, you know, intimidation, and I was like, I want to create a space where people can come and, you know, feel validated, feel in a safe space where they can work out um, and be at different phases in their life, whether they're just starting out for the first time or yeah. their experience levels. And I wanted to create this concept through legacy. Um, that you can train as an athlete, mm. you know every every uh, workout that we do, and this is credit to Jeremiah and the team. They do all the programming, but they try and um, do a workout where it's gonna help you in your everyday life. Yes, so you can function um, the best way your body can. You know what I mean? You're not limited to um, your age and and your injury problems. You know they want to try and fix you so that holistically you're the best version of yourself. And Training has always been this concept of like, it helped me not physically, but mentally. Yes. And that's what I wanted to teach to the general population. So, you know, I'm a small part of what we do at Legacy, but I got to give full credit to my whole team, um, Jeremiah and all my staff that are in there because they create that environment. Like I'm not there every day, but my staff are.
0: Mate, that was my favorite thing coming into Legacy. Mm. Like when we roll in, you're like very generous. You allow me to bring a few of the boys in who might be traveling from Sydney mm. or Melbourne or wherever it is and coming in there, you just feel welcome. Like seeing like, see, like seeing Jerry, seeing you, like seeing um, Shane yep, as well. Shane, like no. the boys are just so welcome. They're like, how are you? And they're like, Jerry's like, I love your energy. I was like, man, I love your energy. And so I walk away feeling like I haven't done a solid workout. Like I was, yeah. so, I was cooked the other there's day. There's some tough ones, bro, there's some, there there some tough ones. And then um, <laughs> even watching Connie, like <laughs> when we were doing <laughs> some push-ups, he looked up at me, he's like, oh my God, bro. <laughs> But I will like, obviously a hard session, but, mate, I walked away with, like, so much energy yeah. after a gym session. You feel I feel good, like, right? And you feel good. And, like, I think I love the community that you've created because it's like you said, like, we obviously a lot of, see a lot of the boys in yeah. there. Like, you see yeah. AJ comes in there all the time, yeah. like, especially in off-season, yeah. right? And then yeah. you've also got boys and girls who aren't athletes, but you can accommodate it to everyone, which is yeah. so
1: cool. Yeah. And we we we'd be so blessed. Our... our our main aim was to have a very diverse crew come yes. through and, um, you know, just seeing them really get their confidence within themselves and come out of their shell and mix and mingle with so many different people. Like, yeah. it's been amazing. And again, I can't give enough credit to my staff because mm. they create their environment. When you walk in, there's, there'll be moments where um before the staff go through the workout they can feel like they need to pick their energy up so they will do a thing where you got to go meet two people that you don't know we did that the other day yeah bro yeah yeah. yeah. and you got to go meet them and have a chat to them and it just breaks that ice you know what i mean then you don't stay in your little nook stay within your own crew that you know man and when you go around you walk away with with a couple new friends man do you think about before
0: you started, like before you started, do you think about values at all? Like, or like core principles that you, like, I imagine community is one of them. Mm-hmm. But did you think about that before you started, Jim?
1: All the time. Yeah. All the time. We had um, a lot of meetings around uh, what's our core values and legacy. Yeah. And what do we stand for? Yeah. Um, and community wasn't huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, respect was another. Yes. You know, um, and values is a huge point of like, um, or oh, a huge thing in my life. Yep. Um, you know, my three values is hard work, discipline, sacrifice, and mm. that's been embedded, indebted in me since I was a young age. Um, and it's still indebted in me and, and what I do every single day. So we had to come up with what's legacy's values. What do we stand for? So that when the new faces come in, they know what we're all about. Mm. And we got to live up to those values, but also it keeps us accountable to our standards. Yeah. What are we applying and what are we providing our services to the, the fam? When they walk out of there, we want them to feel that. Yeah, You know what I mean? So it's it was the first thing that we we discussed about what's our DNA at Legacy Through Movement. And, um, you know, when I hear people like yourself that come in, yeah. you feel welcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, you feel like um, you're a part of a team, even yeah. though you only pop in one or two times, man. Yeah. You You walk away with that feeling like, man, I want to come back. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's what I wanted to
0: provide, mate. It's so cool. Hardworking, dedication, sacrifice. sacrifice. Where do you, where does that come from? Because you said you that that's been a core for you for a while mm-hmm. growing up. Where does that come from? Is that friends, family, people you're leaning on? Like how yeah. do you, how do you come up with those things? Because I imagine a lot of people are like, you know, yeah, like I want to start like drilling down, maybe even reflecting on yep. what I want to do for my kids or what I want to do in my community or my
1: friends. How yep. do you pick them? Yeah, bro. So for me, it was um, my upbringing. Yeah. So a lot to do with my upbringing. Like, I was surrounded um, through gang violence, <laughs> drug, alcohol, you know, not in my own family. Alcohol was huge in my family. Yeah. Not so much drugs, but it was surrounded by us. And Did you grew up
0: on the Goldie or were you nah, or I was in New Zealand? Zealand. Yeah. You're um, I grew
1: up in a place called Beachhaven in, yeah. in Auckland. Okay. And, um It's a rough neighborhood, but it's. It's a place that I'm very grateful that I grew up in. I still call it home. Yep. I still represent where I come from. Yeah, um, moved over here when I was 14. Okay. Um, and the reason why we moved is mum wanted to create more opportunities for us kids. Yeah, wanted to break um, the cycle of what we what we grew up in. And mm. she was like, you know what, I want more for for my kids. So we moved to the Gold Coast. Moved straight to Burley, man. God's G- country, mate. Brother. You did
0: so well coming in here. I went brother. from
1: you know living living in the hood <laughs> yeah. to. Living in paradise, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just two, two um, amazing places, bro. And like the lifestyle here is, is absolutely ma- amazing. I grew up. I went to Miami High School, and is I that what you learned parents. to surf, brother? That's is why. It, I learned to is surf, that what bro. you were surfing, yeah, bro? bro? That's yeah, that's right. It's those double sessions of <laughs> PE, man. <laughs> yeah. We walked down to the beach. <laughs> PBC were the same. But I thought you would have gone to Palmy. Well, the reason mom, why mum put me at Miami was because she knew I love footy. Yes. And she goes, if I put you there or key bro yeah. you want to like focus on your education fair it didn't work because my education was still terrible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that bro oh, man. but um literally yes yeah, that's the reason i only found out there was footy schools um at year 11 okay you know what i mean so i did four years in in high school bro and i was like or three years in high school and i was like why am i not going there yeah you know what i mean Um, But it was cool. I was grateful for the journey, man. Mm. Everything happens for a reason. Um, I talked to Kurt Richards all the time and he was like, you scathed under the radar. Like none of us knew of you until I turned 18 and I started playing cup for Burley. Um, And then my journey just skyrocketed from there. Did you always think that you were going to play footy growing up? That Uh, was was a dream. That was a dream dream of mine. I think um, when I was eight years old, I was at my primary school and I only knew this because I went back. Every time I go home, I go back to the schools that I went to, and I try and do a talk with the youth and try and um, inspire those kids that they can achieve whatever they want to achieve. I come from the same upbringing, mm. same neighborhood, and I made it, mm. so you can do it too. And I seen my old primary school teacher that was yeah. still there, Mrs. Hunt, yeah. and she goes, do you know what your, your dream was? And I was like, What's that? She goes to be a professional footy player. And really? I was like, are you kidding? She had the piece of paper, man. Yeah, still. Pulled it out. And I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it, bro. Yeah. Um, And so I fulfilled this dream, man. But as I got older, you realize, okay, the reality of it is very slim. So small. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very slim. And it wasn't until I graduated from high school, because I was that guy that always wanted to be the cool guy. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I failed English because I didn't want to go up and do speeches because I was petrified of looking like an idiot in front of my mates. Yeah. Something so small back then was like actually huge in my eyes because, yeah, that fear of, you know, looking like, a, like an idiot. So when I graduated from high school, I was like, what do I do now? Mm. You know, like, there's no career for me being a cool guy. You know, I had to go into the real world and get a job. And all my mates went to TAFE. They went to um, university or they already had a job lined up. Mm. So they were like succeeding as it is. And I was living at home in a two-bedroom house with my mom, my my younger siblings. You know, I was sharing a single bed. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm nearly 18 years, years old. What am I doing with myself? So I hit a low point in my life where I was like, I nearly, I really need to pull my my head in and start doing something for myself, and that's when I started to focus on my goals and my values.
0: When you were, when you were coming through, was there a lot of younger players that were aligned with the Broncos or aligned with? You talked about Kurt Richards. He was a um, a scout or a with the Broncos at the time. He was with, with, with Kiebra Park.
1: With, oh really, yeah. Before Broncos, he was coaching at okay. Kiebra Park.
0: But was was there young crew that were going on and doing like? I'm guessing under 20s with the Bronx or under 20s with the Titans. Were you involved in that at all? Not
1: really because I gave up footy for 3 years. Did you? So really? I was like fully out of the the bubble and the circle man. Really? Um the the main reason why I did was um because I had back problems. Yeah. And a chiropractor said that like my spine's not bending the right way. Yep. If that makes sense and he said one bad tackle you could be in a in a wheelchair. And that hit home, bro, I was 16 years old. And I was like, footy is everything for me right now. And he goes, mate, you got to weigh it up. Priorities. You got to weigh it up. Priorities. And I walked out of the, um, the meeting. And I bored my eyes to mum. And she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm not going to put that stress on my family. You yeah. know what I mean? If that did happen. So I gave up footy, man, for three years, did bro. You, was that footy forever?
0: Did you think you were going to come Pretty back to it, or is it nah. just like, let me have three years, get back to it, and then I'll reassess?
1: Yeah, it's it was kind of one of those things we got to wait, or uh, we got to monitor it over time. Okay. So in my head, I was like, "That's me. Footy's gone." Um, and how I got through that was he said to me to take up surfing. Really. The reason. Um, was that was when you your posture when you're paddling yeah you know what i mean it was going to help um my my alignment and my spine so that's why i jumped into surfing like i always bodyboard back yeah, yeah, in the day yeah. um so then i got into surfing after that did that for or well, ever since i was 16 and um i still play touch heavily because mm. i was that competitive person yeah. you know what i mean so if i can't do contact touch is the closest thing
0: i imagine like growing up wanting to be a professional footy player and then Mm. at 16 being like mate you're you're done bro that would have
1: been so hard shattered
0: especially at that time because you're young you're Mm. obviously such a competitive person like that would have been everything everything
1: and all my mates bro they were playing footy man you know what i mean it was everything i knew um, so, yeah, I was, I was that guy walking around kicking stones, man, going, why me? Yeah. Why me? Um, blaming everyone else and all this stuff. But um, it was, like I said, things happen for a reason in life. And uh, I was blessed that um, that episode come through my life because it actually helped me later on in my career. Because mm. when I came into the professional scene, my body was like you know, uh, a version in the professional world, you know, I was learning everything for the first time. I was learning how to um, grow my body, get the best out of my body. So I was like this six-year-old kid learning a skill for the first time, you know what I mean? So I excelled really quickly because I was just like a sponge man, just Mm. soaking and absorbing everything up. So I look at my career and I, I honestly think that because I started so late, it allowed me to play on Longer than longer. I should have. Yeah. What
0: what changed when you hit eighteen? You said that you were living at your parents' place. You were sharing a one one bed, yeah. One yeah, bedroom yeah. room. What changed? Like how how did you kickstart into being with my the mindset,
1: Bronx? bro? Yeah, my mindset. So. How it started, bro, we are at Schoolies, when Schoolies <laughs> was huge back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah. And it's where everyone goes and celebrates graduating from high school for a whole week. And um, the boys that i was staying with in the unit, they had preseason training. Mm. So they had to go train Tuesday and Thursday. And I was like, what am I gonna do? Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here by myself. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna drink by myself. Yeah, yeah. legit.
1: And I was like, fuck, they go, you should, you should come train. And I was like, you know what, stuff it. I'll come have a little run with the boys. Um, Absolutely loved it, bro. Mm. I loved it. Being around the boys, throwing banter, I was like, I could get used to this. Um, So I went Thursday, Mm. trained with them Thursday, and then the coach was like, why don't you just do preseason? Go get all your scans that you need to, get the clearance, um, and then go from there. So got the clearance, did preseason, and um, we ended up having like an opposed match against Queensland Cup. And I was coming up against um, Liam Capewell, which is Curdy Kurtie Capewell's older brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because I was playing center at the time and I was I was trying to learn the basics again and, and structures and stuff. And um, I ended up having a pretty good, you know, match against them. Yeah. And Jimmy Lenahan, who's with the Titans now. Old assistant, he, yeah, he's, yeah. He was our coach. He rang me up after that session and said, I want you to come and do preseason with Cup. And I said to him, I go, mate, this is literally a couple of weeks being back in like footy. I need to learn the basics again. He goes, yep, we'll do that with the men. And I was like, all right, sweet. sweet. So I was pretty nervous, man. Like 18 year old, I was raining at best, maybe 89, 90 really? kilos. Yeah. by Like skinny. <laughs> a lean My, boy. Bro, like I've come from touch, man. Yeah. So it's a different build, you know, like I was very lean. Um, so I had to learn how to, to work out, get in the gym, bulk up. And those boys, were absolutely amazing for me. I had um Stacey Katsu, who was a big mentor for me when I come into that team who played for the Rabbitohs. Um, and then I had Aziri Lang, who's like a Burley Bears, great. Um, he was my winger, so like anyone that picked on me on the field, he would <laughs> yeah, he sort them out. Yeah. Um, so like coming through pre-season with, with the Queensland Cup team was absolutely amazing. It allowed me to grow. Um, Within myself, I played the three trials at center and then ended up um, making my debut round one with the cup side, Mm. um, which was huge, huge because I went from not playing at all to playing with my mates to now I'm versing men Mm. that have played first grade before. So I was learning so much. Um, And then you fast forward six months later, um, I had. Offers from Titans, obviously, yeah. Salves, Sharkies, um, and then the Bronx come through.
0: That's gonna give you so much confidence, hey? Huge. Like you've, you've got the evidence now. You're like, I've worked hard. Yep. I've soaked up all this knowledge from like being in the Q-cup system. Yep. And now you're getting offers. That confidence is gonna be huge. Yeah? It was
1: huge, man. But at the same time, you know, my values, I put in the hard work. Yes, I was sacrificing going out partying with my mates at a prime age. Yeah. Um, and making sure that I was getting my sleep in so that I could train Saturday morning, Sunday morning. You know what I mean? Because I knew in my head um, there's only 1% that make it. Mm. So out of these 100 people, what am I doing different to to give myself an op- an opportunity? Yeah. And so that's where sacrifice came in. I was sacrificing my teenage years to go out and party um, to sleep in and get my workout and get it done so that when I come to training or when I come to games, I was able to perform the best that I could, man. I imagine there's so many
0: young boys in that exact situation who are probably sitting there listening to this in school. Like, how do I get to do that? Because when you're in school, you're almost like, it's so far away. Mm. like it's so, But when you're 17, you might only be a couple years out of being in an under 21 system. 100%. Potentially even a... NRL preseason, you know yep. what I mean? Like, and f- just to know, like, not getting on the pierce, like, getting yep. away, not getting away from those friendship circles, but being in positive groups, like Legacy Gym, for example, yep. and knowing that, yeah, put in the work, put yep. in the sacrifice, and like, look at the career you've had and all the yep. success you've had on the back of that. I imagine mm. that would be huge for young boys.
1: Yeah, bro. For, and at, girls. For, yeah, for anyone that's coming through, man, it's, it's about. Aligning yourself with what's my purpose, yep. you know, what do I stand for, what's my what's my goals, mm-hmm. what do I want to achieve, and for me, at that age, my goals and my purpose was much higher than going out to a party, Priorities. you know what I mean, like I said, I was always that guy trying to please others and be that cool guy, mm-hmm. but for once, I put myself first, and I was like, you know what, mum created an opportunity for us here, so why the hell am I going to waste it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, I've got... All these opportunities, I got all these possibilities that I can create for myself. I got to be willing to do it. I got to be, be willing to sacrifice everything for it. So that always outweighed, mm. you know, when you get that rubber arm, I was like, nah, yeah. not nah. The bigger picture is far, far much more, more better. And um, I had mates that were in the same boat as me, but they went to the parties yeah. instead of sleeping in, you know, or sleeping and getting that workout in. then once I made it, and I became an NRL figure. They, were, they would come up to me and they're like, I really wish I just followed your footsteps. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. So it comes down to, if you're at that age, it just comes down to what are your goals mm. and what's your purpose.
0: You said you had a lot of offers from other clubs, Titans, Rabbits, Bronx. Why would you pick
1: Bronx? The history. Yeah, bro. The history. Um, because I was such, I was a, I've only been playing for six months again. Mm. So I I wanted to go to a club that was going to teach me how to be the best player I can and how to be a good person, man. And at the time, Wayne Bennett was a coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like he was the guru in terms of footy coaches and, and understanding rugby league. And back then too, we had Darren Lockyer, Corey Parker, Petro Sivaneseva, you know, Sam Thide, the greats, man. Yeah. The greats. And I was like what better club to go and learn the game from these legends that pretty much make up Queensland and Australia.
0: You, you walk in and like the Queensland forward pack is the Brisbane Broncos right. forward pack, yeah?
1: Legit, man. You got the Queensland captain and the Australian captain at the Broncos. Mm. So like why not go there? Yeah. And that soon as I got that call from Wayne Bennett, funny story, man. He rang me. I was painting houses at yeah. the time, right? Yeah. And this unknown number comes through, and I picked it up. I was like, hello, Alex Beginning He goes, Alex, it's Wayne Bennett here. And at the time, right, at the time, I was getting um, contacted from the other clubs. So I thought, the boys are taking the piss yeah, here. Oh, really? The boys are taking the piss here. Yeah. And I, my exact words to him was like, fuck off, and yeah. hung up. <laughs> I hung up hung on up. Wayne, bro. And I was like, at the time, I was like, good one, boys. Put my phone down. It rang straight back. And he goes now nah, before you hang up. It's it's Wayne Bennett from the Brisbane Broncos, and I started to like listen to his voice, and I went, holy <laughs> shit! And I was looking at my workman, and he goes, what's going on? And I was like, I'm so sorry, bro. And I like started to get real <laughs> nervous and backpedal, bro. And I was just like, damn! I was like, I. This, uh, I explained why yeah. I did it, yeah. And he had a laugh man And he goes No I want to I want to catch up with you I've seen A yeah. couple of your games um, I want to come down And meet you And I was like Yeah that will be amazing So yeah. the next week He drove down With um, Andrew G And Ivan Henjack. Yeah, We met up at mum's work And I was like Well This is a reality You know what I mean yeah. um, And I was covered in paint From work And all this stuff And He walked out of that room Pretty much got my contract And sent it through That afternoon Wow and I was like, I'm, I'm going. This is where I want to go. And the reason why I did it, not just because of the club's history and all that, but the, these words that he said to me lived with me still to this day. And he goes, when you come to the Broncos, I want to make you a great football player, but I want to turn you into a better human being when you leave the doors. Yeah. And I was like, that's what my values are all about. Mm. Be a good person. Things will come your way if you put the work into it. You know what I mean? And I wanted to be a football player. But at the same time, I wanted to be mentored by someone that understands people, understands life. Mate,
0: Wayne got it better than anyone in terms of people, hey? Mm. Like, that's why, like, my <clears> – <throat> that's how we connected. We met yep. we met at the, at the Bronx. Yeah. And my mum is a huge fan of Wayne Bennett. Like, read all yep. – like, read his book, like, did all that. And for that exact reason, because he's got mm. so much love for his players. He wants them to be better people. And, yep. he's, and he's not scared to take on someone who – might be struggling
1: yeah, off the, off or the have, field or, or make mistakes make in life mistakes, and
0: he'll pull them and he'll get them in and he'll get
1: the best out of them 100%. all the time yeah you know why he does that bro or like why he gets the best out of them because he cares man yeah he doesn't care about you as a football player he cares about Keegan the person mm. you know and um, that's why it brings out the best when you and that's why I try and do it at our gym man yeah. when you show case um, you know that you care about the person's life you have um, intent And like You actually listen to them bro mm. It does wonders For for everyone You know what I mean When you have um, Genuine care about someone bro It will always bring out the best Yeah um, So whenever you try And pass on knowledge Or advice man They're gonna listen too They're not just like Oh he's just putting on This, this face show. man yeah. And um, that's what Wayne does bro That's why he's
0: the GOAT and you can see it, like you you know who's genuine and who's not genuine, yeah. Mm. Like that was the coolest thing coming into the Bronx. Like as a 17 year old, when I yeah. when I first came in there, saw like yourself um, and there was a sick crew in there. Like Bro, uh, cool. Andrew McCulloch, um, Joffa, yeah. um, Benny Han, um, Reedy was in yeah, there, Reedy, like Koza, Thayday, Jillo. Like these are guys, like yourself included, guys who I looked up to playing yeah. as a kid. And I'm sure that's when you came into it was the mm. exact same. But the energy that's in there, it's just like, It's so genuine. It just makes you want to be better, right? It makes you want to be better. But what I was angling at is like, yeah, you talk about like Wayne being a good person and caring about people, but that's you, bro. Like ever since I came in, I look at you as someone who is incredibly caring and who actually genuinely cares about the young boys coming through. Like you don't have to go out of your way to do extras with the young boys. You don't have to go out of your way to be like, let's go get a coffee or let's go have a beer at my plate. Like you don't have to do that, mm. but you do do it. And Thank you do it because you you're, and that's why, that's why, mate, I've got so much respect for you. and I've got so much love for you now. Thank was you. was from way back like eight, nine years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right.
1: Thank you, bro. It means the world to me, man. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's about being a good human being, bro. Mm. Um, because I've, I've also been in that, in the shoes where you first come into a club, it's intimidating, it's scary, right? Eh? It's scary, bro. You're like, man, I'm, I'm fresh out of school. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm coming into a system where they're superstars. Mm. So like, I, I remember sitting in a corner, just going like, I'm going to stay in my space. Yeah. Um, and then it come a point where I was like, you know what? What? I'm here for a reason. Yeah. You know, I, I may as well get the most out of it, bro. So I just started, you know, Forming that relationship with Lockie and yeah. Peter Wallace because I was a back rower at the time. So I knew if our combinations are tight, mm. it's going to reflect on the field, man. So um, it helped when they offered to come out, like, come have coffee with us. And I was yeah. like, yep, I was jumping straight onto it. You'll say yes to everything. Yeah, 100% because yeah. I was like, you know what? It's an opportunity that, you know, not many people get to have. But also it's going to allow me to understand who they are as a, as a mm. person too. So Like I said, I was a sponge soaking up everything that these legends did for me. Mm. So I try to reciprocate that when the young boys come through like yourself and try to make it like we do at Legacy, try to make it like that friendly, homely environment where you feel... Um, in a safe space. Paddy and I had this exact conversation
0: when we did our podcast. Like mm. we're talking about coming in as like an eight, 17, 18, 19 year old kid. Yeah. And you're so scared to like yeah. speak in front of the boys. Cause these are guys who you've looked up to since you were a little kid. Yeah. Yep. And I think, I think um, Corey Parker made his debut when I was like two years old. <laughs> to bro, two or three years old bro and I was and like I think because he was 18 obviously debuted young and then he played forever yeah. and, and he was playing good footy for a long time yeah. and he's someone like him and Sam you know when you like you do the walk around the Bronx and like they'll show you the, they show you like the facilities I remember yeah. walking in and this is when, um, like the game analyzer just started yep. kicking off, and so you could type in the player's name, yep. and it'll pull up all their runs, all their yep. tackles, all their missed tackles, everything. And they're like, "Who do you like? Who do you want to put in?" I was just like, "Oh, maybe Sam Friday, maybe Corey Parker." Like, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. and now you come in and like you get to, and then you get to meet them. Yeah. But you're scared and you're like a little bit nervous. Like I reckon at Bronx, like the first year, I didn't say, I didn't think i said it a word. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the best thing Paddy said was like. It, Cause it kind of like affects your footy a little bit. Cause you don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to drop the ball. Probably sure. wasn't ball playing as much as like for what sure. we were used to. But then as soon as you start becoming yourself, you start feeling comfortable around the boys, you can knock around with each other. That's mm. when the real, like the cool stuff really yeah, happens. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: And it, it's, I think it's a, a thing for everyone to understand that you have um, strengths that can provide value to a work environment that you're at or Mm. a team environment and you got to play to your strengths, man. You know what I mean? A lot of the kids, and we say it to them when they debut, man, like don't go in your shell. Yes. Play your game. You know what I mean? You're in this team for for a reason. So don't look to the senior players to do something when you're more than capable to do it. You're there for a reason. 100%. Um, And once you start to get that concept in your mind, bro, you really start to come out of your shell and you start to perform. And Mm. when you start to perform, the team is stoked, bro. Yeah. And you see all the boys come around you. They're like, hell yeah. They yeah. pump you up. And you're like, man, this feels good. And you want to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's breaking down that ice, uh, that ice. Because you have so much respect for all these players, mm. you don't want to be like, am I stepping on his toes or yeah. whatnot? Or like, why am I telling him what to run and stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, bro, just get out there and give it a crack. Brother, you played played 14 years.
0: 14 end, years, man. 14 years. Crazy. Fourth most capped Bronco, yeah. that's got to be special, yeah. Huge, bro. Huge. I want to talk about because obviously, mate, you've you've done more than most in the game. Like it, it's 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 incredible to look to have someone like very privileged to be able to sit here. I'm very I'm very happy about this, mate. Fella.
1: I'm honoured to be I, here. I appreciate
0: bro. that. But is there a moment in that 14 year career which stands out? of the most memorable moment or is there a couple that you sort of look back and you know what that was special
1: yeah there's there's a few man and obviously the debut's yes one that a lot of us will see Mm. um the reason why i say that is because all the hard work and 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 the sacrifices my parents made for me and the journey to get to that moment um it felt like it was all worth it um so that that's a definitely a special one and um, you know, I had family over from New Zealand for, it was at, um, Suncorp round one against the Cowboys, 55,000 yeah. people. You know what I mean? So wow. that was a special one. Um, another one was when I first captained the Bronx when I was 22 years old.
0: But see that, I didn't know about this until recently. Cause obviously everyone knows that you finished captain. Yeah. But you got this captain
1: at 22 years 22, old. 22, bro. Which is wild. It was my third year in the game. That's what I mean. Um, and at the time it was Anthony Griffin, which was our under twenties coach mm-hmm. and, he, he he made me captain, I don't know why, mm. um, because we had Peter Wallace, that was still there. Um, Nick Kinney, that was still there. And this was um, when all our origin stars went into camp. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I'm gonna make you captain. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, this is my third year, I, I'm still trying to learn the game. Yeah. Um, and he, he just said he seen me as a future captain and all this stuff, and I don't, I've never been one to get a big head or anything, I just, felt uncomfortable being the captain. So throughout that week, man, the boys were so supportive. They were pumped for me. Um, and, you know, before captain's run, I rang Lockie, man, and I was like, I don't Darren know what, yeah. yeah. I rang Darren Lockie in camp, and I was like, man, I'm petrified. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to lead these boys. And, again, another advice that he uh, he said to me that sat with me throughout my whole career was he said, Lexi, you don't have to give up a pump-up a pump speech for the boys. All you need to do is go out there and lead through your actions and the boys will follow. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's always been something that I try and do in my day-to-day life is lead through Mm -hmm. actions because everyone can talk. Everyone can say the right things, right? Um, And as soon as he said that, like, it was calm, bro. Um, So that was another highlight. But then um, a huge one was the two fifteen grand final. Yeah. We weren't victorious. Yeah. But that year and that team that we had, bro, it was just like – an unbelievable experience. Mm. Um, and to play in the NRL Grand Final, it was just one of the best experiences I had. It would have been nice to have the ring at mm. the end of the day, but to be privileged to play in the All-Queensland GF Special. Um, was unbelievable, bro. Unbelievable. Um, and it's something that I cherish. I still haven't watched the game, but it's something that I cherish to be a part of. Why haven't you watched the game? Can't, man. I'm a sore loser like <laughs> that, bro. Really? Massive sore loser. Yeah, wow. And it just... um. Because then I start to play out scenarios in my head. Like, oh, all, all we had to do was do this. Yeah. Or what if I did this? Then the, the results. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. Yeah, bro. 100%, yeah. man. Yeah. And like I said, things happen for a reason. Mm. Um, Antonio Winnerstein is one of my best mates. He was in the Cowboys team. Yeah. Earlier that year, he lost his, his younger brother to suicide. Wow. You know what I mean? So that kind of, you know, solidified him winning was... It was meant to be, bro. Yeah, that like he dedicated his his season to his brother. Mm. Um, I was there with him when we were mourning about the whole thing. So, it was a thing. It never made it easier, but it was a thing. Like you know what? There's a purpose behind it, yeah. and he deserves it more than I did.
0: Mate, this is this is obviously a mental health and mm. sport podcast, and mm. I look at you as someone who's been an advocate for mental health. It's the whole time I've known you, right? Like Thank you're an ambassador you. for living. You've been yeah. you've been very vocal on behalf of NRL players on mental health. I look at people who are advocates in the mental health space and I think a lot of the times they've either struggled with mental health themselves or they've had friends and families, people who are close to them who have struggled with mental health. What is it for you that makes you want to be such an advocate for mental health? Like where does that come from?
1: Yeah, um... You know, obviously, Dwayne Lally, um, you know, one of our close mates, um, reason why living started, Mm. um, he took his own life. And at the time, he was everything we all wanted to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was a Golden Glove boxer, Australian boxer, um, you know, just whenever we seen him at parties and all this stuff, like, he was just living the life, man. Mm. And he was the vibe, bro. And every time we walked away, I was like, I want to be like him. Yeah. But little did we know, behind closed doors, he was facing demons that we never knew about. Mm. Um, and one of his best mates, Casey Lyons, who's one of my good friends, um, what's it? They were drinking, and then he went missing. Mm. And he was like, "Bro, I'm I'm worried about him." And um, you know, long story short, man, we ended up, you know, finding him, and he lost his battle to depression. Um, and we didn't know how to deal with it mm. at that time, and. The more that we spoke to each other about what we were going through, we felt like a weight was getting lifted off our shoulders. So we needed to do something about it. And over the years, man, throughout my career, we had Antonio's brother pass away. I had some of my mates take their own lives. I had families and all that stuff. And I was like, we need to do more. Mm. And in my, I guess my stage that I was on, I wanted to express vulnerability through social media, through interviews, and all that, because I wanted people to know that we are just human, like you guys mm. are. We go through struggles just like you do. Um, I had my own mental battles, you mm. know what I mean, um, through through family. Um, and at the time when I was I was the Brisbane Broncos captain, like it was the hardest time of my life not because of footy yeah but because you know I, I was having family dramas with my mom yeah. at the time um, and mom raised us seeing like she was a single parent that raised me my brother and sister so she worked multiple jobs so I had all this respect for her mm. um, and we just had these differences you know what I mean that just overcome in time that I didn't really understand. What and do you, was like,
0: what do you mean? Are you, are, you, are you? I don't. No, feel no, like no, no. no. It's, it's talk, bro, right?
1: like I've I've spoken about it a lot, man, and you know, it was it was just in a way I felt, you know, like my mom was going through some struggles herself, yeah. And whenever I tried to help her, it was shoved back in my face. Mm. You know what I mean? And seen as disrespect. Um, and we come from from a very proud family where you respect your elders, so. In a way, she felt like I wasn't respecting her mm. when re- I was just trying to help. Well, what's best for her, right? Trying to do what's best for her. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, it just, I guess, it got spat in my face to a point where she started taking it out on on um, my baby mama and and, and the wife of, of you know, my, my kids and all that stuff. And it come to a point where I was like, I gotta protect my own family here. Mm. You know, this is my family. And you don't have the right to disrespect the mother of my kids. And so, it's been three years since I've spoken to mum. You three, know, three today. years, bro, and still no still, communication. Still no communication. Um, the reason why I distanced myself, and people will be like, "Oh, that's not on." But the reason why I distanced myself is I had to protect my family, and I had to t- protect my my own energy. Yeah. Um, and this happened my first year as captain. Yeah. So. I was struggling with injuries to stay on the field. I was struggling with our team coming last. Then I was struggling with my mom constantly putting me down. You know Man. what I mean? So there was times where I was in the car and I was bawling my eyes out cause I couldn't walk in. Cause I was that person that I'd leave my, my shit and my drama at the door. And then I'll be the captain that I need to be for my team. Mm. And I couldn't do it bro. And I had to get Adam Walsh who was um, our wellbeing officer the missus had to ring him and he'll come out mm. and we'd go get a coffee. He'd um, pick my strength back up and then I'll be able to carry on, bro. But it was like, there was a point where we lost to the Warriors that year at Central Coast. Mm. And I started bawling my eyes out on the field and everyone's like, Oh, it's uh, crocodile tears.
0: Uh, yeah, bro. I remember you know, that. everyone yeah, was yeah. like, yeah, it's
1: crocodile tears. Papers He's looking with, for sympathy.
0: Pipers were slamming. Yeah, yeah,
1: slamming me, bro. But the reason why, that happened, I couldn't control it. Like mm. the reason why it happened was because not once did I express my vulnerability through my own personal life. Yeah. I was giving out advice to everyone else, but I wasn't actually living that advice through my own life. You know what I mean? And my the wife he knew, Jordan Kahu knew, yeah. um, and some of my close mates that were in my circle and Adam Walsh, obviously. They were the only ones that knew what was going on in my life. Mm. Um, and Adam Blair come up to me because he was playing for the Warriors. Him and Cody Nicarima came up to me and they go, what's going on, bro? Mm. For the first time, I shared what was going on. And again, weight came off my shoulders. Baracus pumps. Yeah, it came off my shoulders. And I was like, you know what? I got to be more vulnerable within myself to everyone around me and ex- share my story because there'll be others that go through it. You mm. know what I mean? And the reason why I haven't still caught up with mom is because the same thing's going on with the rest of my family bro Mm. you know what I mean um she's victimizing herself and um you know she's distanced herself from my whole family the whole family so I'm like she needs space for her to heal I need space for me to heal and eventually in time we might come together and Pick up the pieces, um, but it's sad, bro, because she missed out on. She's missing out on my kids growing up. Mm. Um, you know, I'm missing out on her being around my kids, um, and it hurts. But at the end of the day, like, where where do you, where do you come out of the shell and just be like, you know what, I want you in my life. Mm. You know what I mean? I need to give her time to heal. Brother, mate, thank you so much for sharing that because
0: I, I, I imagine that's probably not easy to do no especially especially for the first time you do it and look at you as obviously you're a leader not only in your community in the nrl like obviously captain your club you're someone who so many people look up to Mm. so if you've got someone like yourself sharing your own vulnerabilities being open to talk about it then it makes it okay for the rest of us to have these conversations right and like this is why i started this whole thing right so because all my idols and role models growing up were athletes or yep. guys like yourself. Like it was guys and girls who were not only the best players in the game, but also the best people. And so whatever they were doing, that's what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. And I'm sure it was similar for yourself. 100%. So for you to just come and be so open and so mm-hmm. brave and just so vulnerable, mm-hmm. mate, thank you so much because there are so many people out there, not just younger crew, older guys, you know, yeah. older guys who, who grew up in the time where it was, Brave and macho to not share your things and carry the burden of family life or of work life and not talking about it, and then for you to say, as soon as I spoke to Blair and spoke to Cody, like and, and was vulnerable with
1: them, like, like yep. I actually felt so much better, you know. Hundred percent, bro, and it just allowed, like, at the end of the day, right? If I keep this to myself, I'm not helping anyone else, yeah. and for me, my purpose is to to help others. That's why I do the line of work that I do with the youth um, and the Pacifica kids in, in Logan and Ipswich because our cultural backgrounds as Pacific Islanders, um, it's it's very tough, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, A lot of people, and I've seen this over the career, I've, I've seen a lot of players that go into footy to help their family financially, but at the end of the day, they really don't want to play footy man, yeah. you know what I mean? But. We are always raised to respect the elders and do the best that we can for the family. So they did that. Mm. And so I'm trying to be the spokesperson or be the leader for our, our community and our culture um, to, to break those barriers, man. Mm. To sometimes stand up for yourself and be like, this is what I wanna do. Yeah, I don't wanna go down that pathway. I wanna do this and this is my passion. Um, and I try and create that space for the, those kids to open their eyes and see the potential that they have for themselves. And not in a disrespectful of way course. to our our cultures and, and what's been laid down before us. Mm. But I just want our people to live their fullest life and not have any regrets when they get older. Yeah. Um, and I, I've seen so many of my friends that were the best footy players in the world. Yeah. Far better than I ever was. Um, and... They went down the other pathway because, mm. you know, it was easy, it was more comfortable, um, and it was um, a safe option. You know what I mean?
0: What does um what did home life look like throughout that time when you were captaining the Bronx? You were going through injury. You were trying to get on the field. You're balancing all this stuff with your mum. How did you go coming back home and separating that? Was there times of like stressed or oh, short or like? And I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want to like know what actually happened. Was there?
1: Was there times where it became too much at home or, as you know? Heaps. Yeah. Heaps, man. Because, you know what I mean? I had the club, the weight of the club on my shoulders, bro. And like I said before, the only way I knew to lead was through my actions. But I wasn't able to action anything because I wasn't on the field. So at that time, we had Paddy Carrigan leading our club. He was young, a young, yeah. young dude that just... Honestly, debuted the year before. Natural leader, natural leader, young man. But to lead uh, the biggest sporting brand in the in the in the whole of Australia, that's huge expectations. You know what I mean? Mm. Our whole team across the field, apart from myself, Darius, and uh, there's myself, Darius. Milford and Oatsy. We were the only ones that played more than a hundred games. Wow. The rest were under 20, Yeah. you know what I mean? Under 20 games, bro. Mm. And these boys had to go out and compete in uh, a bubble where we had no crowds. We were isolated from family and friends and Through all COVID, that. Through COVID, yeah. Through COVID. So it was the hardest, bro. And I really struggled, bro. I really, really struggled. Um, there was days where I didn't want to go to training. Because, yeah. like, I was constantly dealing with my own family issues. Um, and, like, I had to block my mom from my phone. You know what I mean? I had to block her number. So, I wasn't getting messages, um, you know, from her. I wasn't getting phone calls from her because every time I seen one, bro, I was like melting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was trying to protect my energy. And so, every day was a struggle for myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm very fortunate that the missus was there to pick pick up the pieces where where she could um was constantly checking in on me Mm. while she was checking in on me yeah um but it wasn't easy yeah it wasn't easy and nothing in life is and that's it's it's quick to see the end product of what people do yeah whether it's their businesses their successful life and they go i want that Mm but they don't understand the the struggles and the pain that you sometimes got or a lot of us have to go through. Yeah, And for me, it was some some dark days, bro. It was a lot of dark days.
0: Looking back and reflecting, do you take away any tools or anything? Like, what do you do to keep your mental fit now? Is it it's training, like going in the water? Like, do you have any tools that you lean on when you're going through tough times at the moment? Yeah,
1: exercise is my number one form of self-love and self-care. Yeah. Um, so making sure that I get that workout, and because it makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, but then also, um, you know, music's a, a meditation thing for me. Okay. Um, so I love to listen to music and mellow out when you, I'm you stressful, singing as bro. well. He's singing as oh, well. Oh, only already... in the car, bro. Yeah. only in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been caught a couple of times from people driving past, <laughs> and I just own it. I'm like, yo, let's yo. go. <laughs> um, but also, you know, constantly chatting with my friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's always been a, a huge outlet for myself. Um, the work that I, I do with the kids gives me so much purpose that it allows me to sometimes um, reflect on my own life. Yeah. And when I hear their stories and some of the upbringings that they're going through, man, I'm just like, it makes me reflect on the things that I am grateful for within my life. Yeah. But also because I'm helping them, I walk away with this thing that like, Money can't buy that, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I try to structure my life in terms of what I do in the gym and what I do in my in my workplace with the Broncos. That it gives me so much purpose that I'm trying to help and steer them so that they don't make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah, you know, and they're better for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the biggest one for me, whenever I'm struggling, bro, is to pick up the phone and call my mates. Check in on my that. mates yeah. um, because it allows myself to share some of the stuff that I'm going through. Um, I don't pick up a phone and have a script on what I'm going to be talking about. Mm. I just check in on them, see how they're going, and I always feel good after that.
0: And when you're vulnerable, they're more likely to be vulnerable with you as I'm well, the, right? The, it like it opens yeah. that door of communication yeah. where it's just like, well, oh, well, if Lexis like is happy to talk to me, then I guess like yeah, I guess I'm going yeah. through some stuff as well.
1: And that was the biggest learning curve out of the, all of that darkness that I went through was that the more I shared, the more I realized I wasn't a, alone because mm. I always felt I was alone. Mm. I was secluded, and I didn't want to be around people. Mm. But when I shared that with my team um You know they actually came out too, um, and that was the best part of being the Brisbane Broncos captain. Even mm. though we got the wooden spoon and we come last, mm. I was able to be a mentor for these boys. Yep. you know what I mean. And now it's no surprise that they're succeeding. Look at the success and what they're doing, 100%. bro. Hundred percent. There was no surprise for me because I seen the struggles. That no one else seen I seen them crying in the sheds Mm. I seen them come in from a Monday And I go how are you doing They go yo I'm good I go I know you're not good Mm. We just got pumped by 40 points You had a bad game Mm. So I know damn well you're not good bro So talk to me Mm. And we'll just sit in the ice bath We'll sit in the the sauna And and we'll talk about life bro And that was the greatest thing That I could take out of those two years As being a captain Was to be there for my mates Be there for them for them and be the listening ear that they needed get a coffee when we could bro because when they express their vulnerability i've seen their performance start to come back up
0: yeah okay
1: i I've seen because they don't have to worry about that anymore you yeah. know what i mean they were able to let that that weight off their shoulder and they were able to focus on what their job was as a player on how, the field how wild is that that like that old school mentality
0: of like shutting everything down, not talking about it, but then on the flip side, vulnerability acts like actually leads to a strength and actually leads to playing good performance. Like Kalen Ponga came on the podcast the other day and he said the exact same thing. Mm. He said as soon as like every Monday in preseason they would sit down and one of the boys would get up and talk about their story about what they were going through was maybe their Mm. background and, and they would get to know a little bit more about the player. And it was a really safe place, and uh, and they've created they created that space intentionally. Yep. And Caitlin was like, I love hearing those stories. Like personally, like I really love hearing those stories. But it actually allowed me to be closer with the boys. It allowed yep. me to perform better on the field because I've got my mates back
1: for sure. For yep. sure, bro. There was one there was one thing that we did um, at the Bronx, and it was called the Triple H yep. thing. So everyone had to do it, and each week would get like three or four boys, and they go up. And the Triple H was. You had to exp- uh, share a highlight mm. of your career or your life. Um, a hero, who's your hero? Mm. And the last one was hardship. Yeah, You know what I mean? And that was the first time that I spoke to my team about the hardship that I was going through. And everyone just came in and embraced me, bro. I bawled my eyes out. It was hard, bro. It was hard to do it. But um, it allowed the boys to connect on a more deeper level. It allowed them to understand what, or all of us to understand what was going on in each other's lives. And the more, and like when we did that, we were like, wow, we got a powerful team here. Mm. And then once we started to come align, we were all checking in on each other because we knew everyone's stories, we knew who everyone's heroes were. Mm. Um, we started to come as a team. And the year that I retired, the boys were already on the up. Yeah. Um, and you know, having Adam Reynolds come in was just amazing, mm. amazing because his leadership as a halfback is something that we were lacking. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? And it, it would have been amazing to play one more year with him. Um, but, you know, I'm just so proud of how far those boys have come because of the the trenches that we were in together. You know what I mean? And now you look at Reese Walsh, you look at Paddy Kerrigan, these are stars of the game right now. Mm. Um, and, you know, they put that hard work into it and they worked on themselves through those hardships. Um, and I couldn't be proud. And that's why I love having the boys at the, at the gym. Mm um because you know we've got that bond forever yeah we'll always have that bond forever because we've we've been through the trenches with each other and we've expressed vulnerability together and um you know that's i guess a big thing that i want people to take out of um out of life is that there's no rainbows and butterflies mm. life is a journey and life is hard and sometimes we have to put our big boy pants on and swallow our our pill not physically, but like swallow those those hard lessons that we have to learn in life because it teaches you resilience. It teaches you discipline. Um, and you can't just pick up a textbook and go, yo, I'm resilient. Like mm. you got to really walk through those dark times mm. to be able to get through the other side and understand that at the end of every storm, there's always the sun that comes out. You know what I mean? It might take two years. It might take two months. But that sun's going to eventually come out. And when you come out of it, you're stronger as a person, bro brother i absolutely love where your head's at bro thank you, <laughs> mate, mate
0: it's so it's so impressive and it's so not kind of refreshing to be able to talk to someone like yourself who has done so much reflection on this and can articulate it so well um, thank you mate thank you so much for sharing everything today is there My anything pleasure. that we haven't touched on that you that you'd like to that you'd like to talk about before we wrap it up
1: um no i think another another Piece of advice for anyone that's listening or watching is um, don't be restricted by fear to go out and try things. Um, you would always hear the, the stars of and your heroes say it, man, like Michael Jordan failed thousands of times. Um, and fear really held me back in high school. And that's what I want people to understand is that I'm not perfect myself, even still today. You know, I am stronger than where I was. As a, as a high school kid but I'm still not perfect and I'm still constantly learning and understanding that in order to keep growing as a person you got to fail sometimes you got you got to fail a lot actually um, I dove into business without any idea what we were going to do so I failed in a lot of areas mm. but through failure there's so much more learnings you know what I mean you learn so much more than your, your successes um, and your wins so don't be afraid to fail Go out there and try new things. Um, If you're not happy in the work that you're doing, then be willing to take a risk and do the things that you love. Um, And yeah, just go out there and live life to the fullest. Um, Social media can be this huge backlash in terms of perfection. Mm. But we all go through our highs and lows and our roller coasters. Um, And if you focus on what's true to you and what your values are, the right people will come around you, bro. The right people will help mentor you through life. Um, And you'll start to see a change in your your mentality too when you hang around the right people Um, and your energy systems as well. So pick the people that are are good for you. Um, Pick the people that are right for you and don't change for anyone because there's only one person in this world and that's you. Um, So don't try and be another Kegan Hipgrave. Don't try and be another Alex Glenn. I want you to be the best version of yourself and that's all it is.
0: I fucking love that, mate. Mate, thank you. Thank you again. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I love being back on the coast and seeing you coming into Legacy. I love having you at mate, Legacy. I love having you on the, the coast. It's the best. I'm, I'm so proud to be able to call you a mate and you're someone Likewise. who I look up to from 17 years old even now um, while you've had such a successful career at the Bronx. I feel like you're just getting started, brother. And and I'm excited Thanks. to see what the next couple of years looks like for you, bro. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much, bro. And as, as I said before, it's an absolute privilege to be on here. Um, again, I love what you're doing too because this space needs more of it, um, especially for men, you know, especially for these teenagers coming through, understanding that, um, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. That persona of men Okay, being hard and, um, you know, providing for families when you grow older, like, it is changing. Okay, we still can be men, but we're allowed to cry when we want to cry. And it's okay to cry too. So thanks for creating this space, brother. Thank
0: you, bro. Thank you. My
1: pleasure.